Yeah, go Irish. If you don't know, if you've been in my office, you'll know I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, big Notre Dame football fan. So that's why Caleb's over there shouting me down with the go Irish. So um, anyways, yeah, thank you. I love you all. Um, just a quick little plug before I jump in here. As uh, Josh mentioned, um, every year we take a trip in May to the Bible lands, to the land of the Bible. This past year we went to Turkey. Um, you got a shot up there on the right-hand side. That's us in Istanbul right there. On the left side, a couple years ago, we went to Israel because of COVID. We didn't go two years ago. This next coming May, we are taking a trip back to Israel. Um, this is a required trip. It's a class. It's a three-credit-hour class for our College of Church leadership majors. But it is open to everyone here that you can get credit to go to Israel with us next May. We're having an informational meeting September 29th, Wednesday morning at 830, CLC 203. I will record it if you can't be there. Send me an email if you're interested. And then also every Monday morning at 7 a.m., right over here in the Anderson Chapel, we have what's called morning rise from 7 to 7.45 a.m., just a time for you to come, pray, do your devotions. Let me just say, there's no better way to start your week than spending a little time with God. So come on over, and to sweeten the pot a little bit, you actually can get chapel credit for coming to Morning Rise Monday morning at 7 a.m. So, great to be with you here today. Um, I know God has a great word for you, not because of me or anything that I've done, um, but because I know the enemy sometimes will try to stop things from happening. Uh, just a little weird kind of fluke thing. This past weekend, I was a part of the God Flow event happening in North Minneapolis. It was an amazing event. I come home, my head had been hurting all day. I take off my hat, and the side of my head was beat red and swollen. And I'm thinking, what in the world's going on? So take a little bit of ibuprofen, right? Next morning, wake up, whole side of my face is swollen. My lymph node back here was swollen. My wife's like, you need to go to the doctor right now. Go to the doctor they don't quite know what happened, um, but maybe one of my worst fears was realized, and I'm going to be vulnerable for a moment, I am deathly afraid of spiders. Any others out there, right? Get deathly afraid of spiders, and they're like, you may have gotten bitten by a spider, right? That's not, I, I don't really want to hear that, but anyway, so by Tuesday, I'm teaching in class, my leadership and pastoral studies class. And Tristan, where's Tristan at? He's in the back there. About 15 minutes in, Tristan raises his hand. He goes, I got a question. It's kind of off topic. He's like, what's going on with the side of your head? Well, it was like turning purple at this point. So I go back to the doctor. They still don't know what's going on, but it's looking better today. But anyways, the devil was trying to take me out. It's not going to happen. God has a word for you this morning. Interestingly, my, one of my biggest fears is spirit fear of spiders. I got another little weird fear. I don't know if you fall into this category too. Um, if I'm driving over a bridge, I have this weird fear. Like what if my car were to go off the bridge, I get stuck in the car, and I'm sinking under the water, right? You're like, dude, we need to pray for you. That's kind of crazy. That's your thing. I'm literally, as I'm driving, looking for, I, I need to know where the remote is to put the window down because if that car's going down, I'm rolling that window down before I hit the water. So that's just kind of where my mind is at. I'm scared of spiders, and I don't want to drown. So about four and a half years ago, or, or when my daughter was four and a half years old a number of years ago, we were out uh, in San Diego 
California, which is a beautiful place. Anyone been to San Diego? It's considered like one of the best climates in the continental U.S. And uh, we went out to Coronado Island, beautiful beach, beautiful area, enjoying the ocean and beautiful day. And I'm standing out there in the water with my daughter. She's maybe four, four and a half years old. I'm holding her in my arms. And, and uh, we had the old school back in the day, we had the handheld video recorders, you know, and my wife's recording us in, in the water. And I'm standing facing the beach and and uh, waving at the camera. I tell my daughter to wave at the camera, and we're having a great day. And the next thing I know, this massive wave hits me, and it knocks me down as I'm holding my daughter, and I try to stand back up, and another wave comes crashing down on me, and then I can feel the current pulling us out, and I'm holding my daughter under the water in a split moment thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get up. And the only way to do that is I need to drop my daughter. Today I want to talk to you about a topic about how to deal with adversity. Because here's the reality in life. Many of you have faced adversity. Langston shared yesterday just about uh, the adversity of dealing with the death of his mother. And there's, there can be diversity that, or adversity that, that is the loss of someone. Or it could be adversity of getting a, a failing grade on an assignment, right? We, we deal with adversity in a number of different ways. But rest assured, you're going to face adversity in your life. And so I want to talk to you today about this topic and to, to give you some ways in which we can overcome and deal with adversity in your life. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, have your way in this service today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Because all good sermons need a, a decent alliteration, right? Pastor Rich shared that the other day, just kind of seems to fit, right? You know, I was, I'm, I'm going to tell you two stories from the Bible, one about Peter, one about Paul, and I'm like, you know, just, it's got to be threes, right? There, there's just, to be a good sermon, there's got to be threes, and so I'm like, what's the third P that I can throw in here? And so I'm going to talk to you today about Peter, Paul, and Philadelphia, right? The other, the other P. Well, this past summer, we were in Turkey, and we actually got to visit the ancient city of Philadelphia. It was a little anticlimactic because there's now a modern city that's built over that site, and so there's not really a ton to see, just a few kind of ruins in the midst of this metropolis. But anyways, Peter, Paul, and Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphia is a unique city. As uh, uh, Pastor Josh mentioned, I taught at the University of Valley Forge, which is just outside of Philadelphia, and we'd love to go into the city center and uh, to explore Philadelphia. Well, if you're in Philadelphia, one of the things that you have to do, you have to run the steps, right, at the art museum, right? You, you, you all know what I'm talking about? I see, see the pumping of the hands. What am I talking about? What? From Rocky, right? You know, you got to run the steps for Rocky. You, you start going up, you get up a couple flights, and you're like, okay, I'm not in as good a shape as I thought that I was, and it gets to be pretty rough to be able to make it up there. There, uh, There's a picture, if you guys have it, um, standing by the Rocky statue with my son. This was a number of years ago, but we're out there in front of the art museum, and I ran the steps, and... Um, Rocky's one of those movies, if you've ever seen it, this is going back old school, back to the 70s, the original Rocky, there's been a number of Rocky movies, and then the, the recent spinoffs of that, Creed and Creed 2, if you've seen those, amazing, amazing movies, 
um, about kind of this underdog character that steps into the ring to fight. And I want to show you just a quick little clip here um, from the very first Rocky movie. that's just part of the fight scene but you gotta it's a great it's a great movie you gotta go watch it little spoiler alert actually you know you usually think these movies end in a good manner rocky actually loses the fight but anyways that's what spawns on rocky 2 and all those other movies but uh you know you think about this fight here rocky's this underdog he steps into the ring with this world champion and, uh, and ends up getting knocked down here. He does get back up, but gets knocked down. The reality in life is that we are going to get knocked down. You're going to face things in life where you're going to get knocked down. You're going to find yourself in a situation, maybe a little bit over your, in over your head, right? And you're going to get knocked down. What do we do when we're dealing with adversity in our lives? And so, I want to look at a couple stories in Scripture, as I mentioned. If you would, if you have your Bible or if in your app, I'm going to be looking at Acts chapter 14. But first, I want you to turn to Matthew 14. So we're going to look at Matthew 14 first and then have ready to switch over to Acts chapter 14. And so in Matthew chapter 14, we have probably one of my, people always say this, one of my favorite stories in Scripture, right? But this is one of my all-time favorite stories in Scripture, in the Gospels. And just to kind of set the stage a little bit, leading up to this story, I'm going to start in verse 22 of Matthew 14. Just prior to this, we have this famous story of the feeding of the 5,000, right? We have this awesome miracle that occurs God shows up in a mighty way, multiplies the loaves and the fishes, and this huge, massive thing occurs. And then in verse four, or 22 of chapter 14, the Bible says, And immediately he, the he being Jesus, made the disciples get in the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Again, just fed the 5,000, get in the boat, go over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And after he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already many stadia away from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were frightened, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out for fear, but immediately... Jesus spoke to them, take courage as I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him in a very brilliant manner and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Verse 30, but seeing the wind, he became afraid and beginning to sink. Kind of an interesting story here as... I mean, let's be honest, if you were out in a boat and you saw someone just kind of strolling across the water, kind of freak you out a little bit, right? Um, 
And I have a picture here. The next, if you go to the next slide there, this is actually a picture of the Sea of Galilee. Um, one morning, I, I was, there's no better, I mean, I'm sitting in Israel doing my devotions next to the Sea of Galilee. Like, it was absolutely amazing. Watching the sunrise over the mountain t- mountains over there in the Golan Heights on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, beautiful, beautiful sight. Um, amazing place. But anyways, if you want to come, you're more than welcome to come with us. But so... Here they are, they go out, and as you can tell, actually the Sea of Galilee, it's kind of a little bit of a misnomer, it's more of a lake, it's not really that massive, it's maybe about two, three times bigger than Lake Minnetonka, so it's not like this huge, massive lake. Um, but anyway, so they're, they're, they're going across the, the sea in their boat, and uh, next thing they know, they see this dude walking on the water, right? And like, I mean, that would kind of freak me out, so they say it's a ghost, and so Jesus talks to them, and, and Peter says... Again, we, we, we read this story in hindsight, and we're like, oh, man, what a man of faith. But, like, seriously, like, the first thought in your mind would be like, let me come walk on the water, too. I mean, what was Peter's profession? He was a fisherman, right? So, you know, I mean, I don't know what his education level was, but I'm assuming he knows he can't walk on water, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure all the time that he spent out fishing, he knows he can't walk on the water. But he makes this statement. He asks Jesus, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. And, and Jesus does. Peter steps out of the boat and sometimes try to imagine what that was like to actually be walking on the water. But in the midst of that, the waves and the wind and everything else, he begins to doubt. He begins to sink in the water. See, in life, we're going to face situations that we feel so overwhelmed that at times we're going to feel like we are drowning, that the waves are coming against us, the wind is blowing. We're stepping out in faith, right? Like Peter did, he steps out in faith. God is doing something awesome, and in the midst of something awesome, literally walking on the water, he begins to doubt, begins to sink. If you flip over to Acts chapter 14, we have a Another story here where, very uh, fascinating story, um, in, in, in this story, Paul and Barnabas are traveling together and uh, they're going through a number of cities and uh, they end up in, in a city, the city of Lystra. And uh, in Lystra, they, they go in and there's a, a man that is lame that, that gets healed because of Paul and Barnabas's ministry, and so the people come out, they're freaking out, and they're, they're thinking this is Zeus and Hermes have come down, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, and they're wanting to like offer sacrifices to them, and all this stuff's going on, and Paul and Barnabas are like, chill out, you know, we're just, we're regular people just like you, you guys are, and, 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 and then other Jews from other communities hear what's going on, and in verse 19 of chapter 14, it says, But Jews from Antioch and Iconium, and having won over the multitudes, they stoned Paul, dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Here we have Paul being obedient to God. He goes out to to evangelize, to establish churches, and in the process gets beaten by fellow Jews and left for dead. This picture here is... Um, is outside of, uh, that's actually Tel Lystra. It hasn't been excavated yet. But we stood outside of, of Lystra here, and, and uh, Jeremy Stein there in the black T-shirt was, was telling this story. And um, the, it, I, I was so overwhelmed with emotion as we stood there to, to imagine Paul 
in the city, being stoned, being dragged outside of the city, maybe even in this spot where we're standing, left there for dead. What do we do when we're knocked down, about to drown, maybe left for dead? How do we face adversity? Because it's going to come. It's going to come. And we can't be ignorant and blind to the fact that we're going to face adversity. But what are we going to do? How are we going to face adversity? When I was underneath the water in, in, in the, off the beach in Coronado Island, holding my daughter under the water, not quite sure what to do. And as I said, with this thought in my mind and... and and, and, and it, it all happened just so fast, but it's amazing how our brains work and process things so fast. And, and, and I'm thinking, the only way for me to be able to stand up is if I let go of my daughter. As these waves are crashing in, crashing down on me. What do you do? If I let go of my daughter, and at the same time, feeling the current, and, and it's a very, very strong current... I mean, I don't want to say it was a riptide and, and, and be deceptive, but it was a very, very strong current pulling out because I could feel the sand and everything's pulling, pulling out. If I let go of my daughter, what's going to happen? See, in life, we're going to get knocked down. You have to be determined, folks. What I love about the Rocky story, we watched the clip. If we would have had more time, we could have continued watching the clip. Even though Rocky's manager, the clip ends there, he's telling him, stay down, stay down. Rocky fights, he gets back up, gets back into the ring, and actually goes all of the rounds of the fight. It actually ends with a, a decision by the judges as to who's to win. You have to be determined in your life. And I want to challenge you today to make the determination that even if you get knocked down, because there's a good chance you probably will, that no matter what, you're going to get back up. You have to determine that now, folks. Because if you give up, we, there, there may not be anything, right? You have to be determined to fight. We look at the story of Peter. It's Peter sinking in the water. Again, imagine he's, he's stepping out. What an experience it was to be walking on the water. Next thing he knows, he's sinking into the water. I've always wondered in this story, if Peter is a fisherman, you would have to assume he probably knows how to swim, right? I doubt there was like life vests and things like that back then. Probably was not like the thing, right? You know, if you were going to do this type of a profession, you probably had to know how to swim, okay? And I've always thought, like, why doesn't Peter swim back to the boat? See, not only when we get knocked down do we have to be determined that we're going to fight. When we get knocked down and when we feel like we're about to drown, you have a choice. You can either go back to what you know and the safety and the comfort of, your, of, of the things of the past, or what does Peter do? cries out to Jesus. You have to be willing to fight, folks. And you have to be willing when you feel like you're going to drown. Don't rely on what you know. Cry out to Jesus. 
If you keep reading in that story, there's a phrase that I, I love. It says that when Peter cried out to Jesus, it says immediately Jesus grabbed hold of him. Immediately. You have to be determined to fight. You have to cry out to Jesus. And, and just because we've been knocked down, maybe even left for dead, doesn't mean that God has given up on you, that God doesn't want you to continue on. Think about Paul. The story doesn't just end there. It doesn't just end with Paul laying outside of Lystra, dead, left for dead. If you read on in the story, it actually says that the disciples came and they surrounded him. Folks, I want to challenge you with a notion because you're going to face adversity. Who's going to surround you when you need them? Who's a part of your inner circle? Who are the people that are going to protect you when you need support, when you need strength? Folks, you need to examine who you are surrounding yourself with. And what's amazing in the story, I wish we could really unpack that story. It's a phenomenal story because Paul actually gets back up goes back in the city to evangelize. And then, if you keep reading the story, he goes to the communities where the Jews came from to beat him and actually goes there to evangelize. Right? I'm hearing this story standing outside Lystra, and I'm blown away. It's one of those stories I'd read a number of times as I'm standing there just absorbing what happened. You have a choice when you're knocked down, about to drown maybe even left for dead. How are you going to respond to adversity in these moments? If the, if the band would come back up, please. Back in 1987, there was a commuter flight going from Portland, Maine to Boston, Massachusetts. The pilot, Henry Dempsey, for those that have been around a long time may remember this story, heard an unusual noise near the rear of the small aircraft that he was in. So he turns the controls over to his co-pilot. He goes back to the back of the plane to check out what's going on. As he reaches the tail section of the plane, some reports say that the plane hit an air pocket, some type of turbulence. Dempsey is tossed against the door, and the door flies open. Just imagine that for a second. Door flies open. He's instantly sucked out of the jet. The co-pilot sees the red lights on his, his instrument panel indicating that a door is open, and so he radios the nearest airport to make an emergency landing, and, and so they land, and he tells them the pilot has fallen out of the plane. He requests a helicopter to come search the area of the ocean that they were flying over at the time. The plane lands, and after the plane landed, they actually found Henry Dempsey holding on to the, the, the rail of the door, half hanging out, said that his head was about six inches from the ground when the plane would have landed, somehow had caught on to part of the railing, part of the ladder that was on the door, held on so tightly, one news report that I read said it took them five minutes to pry his fingers off of the bars. I mean, can, can you imagine... Here's the reality. Things in life may be turbulent. Maybe you feel like you've been knocked down. You're about to drown. You feel like you've been left for dead. You might feel like you're barely holding on. God wants to tell you today to keep holding 
on. In life, folks, we have mountains and valleys. I know it's 1140. I'll be done here very, very quickly. There's mountain and valley experiences in our life, right? We experience the highs of the mountains and lows of the valley. Here's what I've come to realize. If you climb to the top of really tall mountains, nothing grows on top of mountains. Things only grow in the valley. You need to walk through valley experiences to experience growth in your life. The mountaintop gives us perspective. It allows us to look back and to see what God did in our lives. So when you face adversity, don't think God's punishing you. Maybe God's trying to grow something in you. Maybe God's trying to take you through something. And I want to challenge you that if you're facing these situations, if you've been knocked down, get back up and fight. If you feel like you're about to to drown, Let go of what's holding you down and stand up. Cry out to Jesus. And if you feel like you've been left for dead, surround yourself with people who will strengthen you and encourage you. Why? Because God has a plan for your life. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for being such an amazing God. God, you love us so much. In fact, God, you loved us so much that you sent your only son, Jesus, to die for us. That even while we were still sinners, Christ died. God, I'm also thankful that when we walk through tough times, you're not like Rocky's manager telling us to stay down. You're cheering us on, telling us to get up. I love that when we face times where it feels like we're drowning, that when we call out on you, when we call out to you, we don't have to wonder if you're going to respond. But you respond. And God, even when we're left for dead, you can turn a situation like that around and do incredible things for the kingdom if we're willing to hold on just a little bit longer. God, I pray for those students here today, God, that may be struggling. Maybe they're walking through a tough situation, dealing with adversity. God, I pray that you would strengthen them today. Encourage them today, Father, to keep fighting, to get back up, to cry out to you, to surround themselves with people who are going to support them and encourage them. God, I pray that in everything we do, we would seek to honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As always, the altars are open here. If you want to come and pray, come and spend some time in prayer. Otherwise, God bless you. Have an amazing day. Thank you.